impaled by the weather. Oh my goodness. Uh, we, we good, we pray to the good Lord that he will, uh, bring down relief and touch these people, uh, all across the country so that they can get back to their lives. Uh, Sam, uh, the quote of the day from the Mac Prince case. Um, my favorite quote, of course, as you know, is, but the Constitution protects us from our own best intentions and the crisis of the day. And then Scalia follows up with that. We adhere to that principle today and conclude categorically, as we concluded categorically in New York versus United States, the federal government may not compel the states to enact or administer a federal regulatory program, period, and end of quote. Oh, Sam, that if we, and we Sheriff, were just... Not only does he highlight your case, but he even has case precedent in his closing right. argument, right? Correct. New York. Uh, the, the biggest Tenth uh, Amendment decisions all across the country were... Uh, obviously, this case, the, the Mac Prince case, uh, the only time in history where sheriffs sued the federal government and won. Again, everybody should get a copy of that case. We have it on uh, our website, CSPOA.org. You should be passing these around to other public officials who believe that the federal government has a universal uh, and, and at times even unilateral authority. They do not. Uh, and it is up to the states to uh, push back and create the checks and balances on federal authority. Uh, this is amazing. This is amazing stuff that the federal government is not our boss. That is what this is about. Th that is what this decision states clearly that they are not. It is all about the checks and balances and the dual sovereignty. Ladies and gentlemen, understand that reality. States need to push back. States need to nullify now and states need to realize they should not live under their delegated authority with that our guest sheriff well this is amazing uh we have an old friend uh someone who sits on the cspoa board of directors now uh who uh, i've known i think about 15 years uh his sheriff's office was one of the first to ever have our cspoa training and it was before the cspoa even existed <laughs> so so we're really proud to have former sheriff of Elkhart County, Indiana, with us today on the show, and now current county commissioner of Elkhart County. Uh, this this man has served Elkhart County for over 33 years, and he was in law enforcement even before that, and I would say maybe uh, uh, 30 years, 35 years in law enforcement, eight yeah, years as sheriff. Long time. Man, oh man, yes. Sheriff, former sheriff Brad Rogers and current county commissioner Brad Rogers, Welcome to the Sheriff Max Show on Brighty on TV and Liberty Roundtable. Hey, it's glad I'm glad to be with you. It's a, it's a great honor, and of course, Mac, you have been an inspiration to many sheriffs, including myself. Uh, even before I became sheriff, uh, the evolution of of my history in law enforcement, mm -hmm. and then uh, being elected sheriff, and then uh, some of the things that I did as sheriff. To, that was really uh, you were the inspiration for that, and so um, uh, of course you know focusing us back on the Constitution and states' rights, mm -hmm. and knowing that local elected officials is really where I think we're going to win our liberties. 
it's not going to be in the circus in Washington. So uh, that's why I, uh, you know, in Indiana, uh, the sheriffs are two term limited. So I was limited to eight years and then I ran for county commissioner, which isn't term limited. And now I'm in a position as the executive and legislative branch of county government and then helping support the sheriff uh, who has, who replaced me. So it's, um, it's been an honor and uh, we'll continue to fight, you know, from, from anything from, from gun control to COVID nonsense to, to things that happen um, kind of at a state and county levels, commissioners can really be a big influence. And I continue to be a part of the CSPOA because of, of that very thing. And, and from my history to help light a fire to other sheriffs. How long were you in law enforcement? How long were you in law enforcement? So I was in law enforcement 35 years, uh, and yeah. um, I started out at the University of Texas Police in Houston, Texas, and I was there for about three years. And then I went to I moved back to Indiana. I was from Indiana, and I uh, went uh, started out as a patrol officer and moved up the ranks. And then I ran for sheriff. And you got to watch what you ask for because you might get it. Oh, because uh, yeah. I actually won uh, the sheriff's race. So. Yeah. Uh, did that for eight years. And then I went back, served under the next sheriff, went back as the jail commander. And um, it was a thousand bed jail. And so it was a big task. And that was during the COVID nonsense. So uh, I had uh, my hands, uh, my work cut out for me. And then I ran for county commissioner and, and beat a 16 year incumbent, basically because of my history as sheriff. So it was, it was a, a good run. Well, God bless you for your service, uh, Brad Rogers. We appreciate all that you do, and especially your continuing service as a CSPOA advisory board member. That's fantastic. Now, here's what I'd like to do. The question is, America, can she survive the corruption of Washington, D.C.? But it's really the corruption through the whole government from top to bottom. Uh, To me, the bottom of the government is your general government. Most people believe that's the top. I believe the local government is at the top. The states created the general government, not the other way around is the reason I believe this. The tail certainly does not wag the dog. And so what I'd like to do is ask you and Richard Mack this question, let you answer. Then we'll go to a couple of videos and highlight what's really going on in America now that really brings a threat to the whole nation. So Sheriff Brad Rogers, can America survive the corruption? Well, you know, I think Mac and I kind of agree on this, that it's uh, we fear for our republic every day uh, because of some of the things that we see. But what gives us hope, what really gives us hope is the 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 many of the 3,100 sheriffs nationwide and people like myself that are in county commissioners, county council, maybe even mayors or chiefs or things uh, that, again, we focus on our oath of office. And we maintain, we uphold, defend the Constitution of the United States, and, and in our case, the state of Indiana or wherever you're from. And the, that is, and Mac and I have shown how that uh, local elected officials can protect liberty and can mm-hmm. resist federal tyranny, federal overreach, and even in some cases, state and local overreach. And I have yeah. countless examples of that, and we've seen that throughout other sheriffs um, uh, throughout our nation. And so um, I, I don't – I mean, you know, draining the swamp is is a admirable thought, 
and kudos to the the fight that occurred recently with the speaker's uh, race. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of media uh, said how, how terrible that we're having this, this conflict. Hello, that's, that's part of the, the government uh, that is kind of nice that we have, that we had, we had conflict and we, we had uh, some resistance and um, it was all peaceful. It was all uh, uh, done uh, according to the rules. And Except for that one wacko that tried what, to attack Matt Gates, But other than that, yes. <laughs> well, he was restrained, but it, it was still ended up being peaceful, I think. But anyhow, uh, so sure. the focus is, is yeah, that, that's nice. And I hope that McCarthy and others will keep their word on those kind of things. But uh, that's yet to be seen. But in the meantime, we need uh, our local elected officials to, to keep their oath to make sure that they are the interposers and the people who can stand against uh, overreach. Amen. Rogers that. Amen to that. Uh, so what I find fascinating is Matt Gates and crew didn't really even want a different speaker. Uh, they acted like they were going to try to get a different speaker. But what they really wanted to do is just extract as much as they could get. And when uh, Matt Gates was asked why he decided to kind of well, some say why he reversed course. I would say why he caved. He said, I ran out of things I could even imagine to ask for. So I'm just kind of going, wow, that doesn't really seem like you wanted to replace the speaker, does it? Uh, I wish they would have held out a lot longer. Uh, I think that uh, interaction, as you wisely point out, Brad Rogers, is critical uh, to the protection of the United States and to, I believe, her longevity, ultimately. Uh, Sheriff Mack, how about you? Can America survive the corruption in D.C. and everywhere else? Well, you know, I said I said that we would not survive uh, Barack Obama, uh, especially economically. I said that there would be a huge economic collapse that because of Barack Obama's socialistic uh, spendthrift ways. Uh, and I guess we did survive, uh and that actually brought us, and we need to remember this, uh, that actually brought us Donald Trump. Uh, Barack Obama brought us Donald Trump. Let's make no mistake about it. People were so upset with the uh, increased socialism under Obama that they were, were very convinced that they had to go someplace else. Uh, so that, of course, the Democrat lost and and uh, Donald Trump became a, a folk hero in a lot of ways uh, to the people who really believe in America. And uh, <clears throat> I guess he gave birth to MAGA, but sometimes I wonder if that isn't uh, the left uh, media, leftist media uh, creating a lot of that. And of course they're lying, you know, and that's part of the question. Can we survive Washington, D.C. corruption and as you alluded to, a lot of the state's corruption and the national media corruption. Can we survive all that? Well, we have been, and I believe that Brad Rogers uh, called it correct, is that the best way we do that is that we create pockets of, of constitutional republics all across the country, in Elkhart County, in Barry County, in uh Pinal County and, and on and on and on with various counties, but we need that to be bigger and better and faster. And we need a place where people who are being tyrannized and victimized by governments, we need to create a place for them to turn for peace, safety and refuge. And, and I would say this, 
we must have sheriffs and counties push back against the criminality of Washington, D.C., and the leader there is the IRS. We have put up with IRS crimes for decades, uh, maybe even a century now in this country, and we have got to protect the, the American people. I, I mean, let's look at what the Fourth Amendment says. We have a right to be secure in our papers, persons, houses, and effects. We have a right to be secure in our papers uh, and our effects. Do we have financial privacy of any kind in this country? In fact, they're trying to make uh, cash illegal so that they can track us and trace us and follow us financially every step that we take. And so, yes, I, we've got a lot of work to do, but, but Brad called it right. My answer to the question is very simple. If we, the people, turn to God Almighty, then we're on the winning side. If we don't, we're on the losing side, and that will be the quintessential decision maker, ladies and gentlemen. I believe America can survive the corruption. One of the things we need to really focus on, though, to solve this problem at every level is this double standard. If Donald Trump has some, quote, documents he's not supposed to have, what do they do? They come and raid his house. What do they do? They threaten him with jail and criminal activity and go to the courts at what happens when they find it in Biden's home. Biden's, quote, effects and paper, no problem at all. Golly, it was an oversight. Tucker Carlson drills down on this, says this may be a national security threat. Hannah? You remember back to August and the atrocities the media told us about, not in Mexico or Brazil, certainly not in Ukraine, but at Mar-a-Lago, remember that? Classified documents were discovered, illicit classified documents, including top-secret cocktail napkins at Mar-a-Lago. There was even, and we're quoting the federal indictment, a birthday dinner menu found somewhere near the First Lady's closet. Now, the Washington Post first reported that nuclear codes or Relevant nuclear material, secret ones, were discovered there, and that's why a former CIA director and Michael Beschloss, the historian, suggested it could be time for Donald Trump to be executed by electric chair. And for sure, and this was the consensus in Washington, once these documents were discovered, this crime was unearthed. There was no possibility Donald Trump could ever again run for office. He needed to go to jail. Every person connected to the Biden administration told us that, including Joe Biden himself. What data was there in there that may compromise sources and methods, Biden asked. <laughs> so as Biden was saying that, it turns out that he was, and you'll be shocked to hear this, doing exactly the same thing that he accused Donald Trump of doing. Joe Biden was storing classified documents in a private office at a fake think tank that has been set up for him at the University of Pennsylvania. That fake, fake think tank is called the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement at the University of Pennsylvania. Now, we should tell you we don't know exactly what these classified documents are. And unlike Michael Beschloss and the former head of the CIA, we're not going to speculate. But according to CNN, they were very sensitive. Quote, the classified materials included some top secret files with the sensitive compartmented information designation, also known as SCI, which is used for highly sensitive information obtained from intelligence sources. So what exactly were these materials? Were they the nuclear codes? We're probably going to find out pretty soon because there's no question Merrick Garland will unleash one of his signature pre-dawn raids on the University of Pennsylvania at any moment. Because <laughs> it's a national security threat. Merrick Garland will get right on that. But actually, Penn may be a national security event. We know you're very impressed your nephew got in, but Penn, as an institution, 
takes an awful lot of money from the Chinese Communist Party. I'm not making that up. In recent years, Penn has received more than $50 million from anonymous Chinese donors. So the question is, were those donors peering at the classified documents, the national security secrets that Joe Biden had been stashing at the fake think tank that Penn set up for him? How much access did they have exactly to these documents? We're very much looking forward to the Washington Post expose on that. Subscribe to the Fox News YouTube channel to catch All right, there you our- go. Thank you, Hannah. So, uh, Sheriff Brad Rogers, this double standard is beyond imagination. They literally raid Donald Trump, act like he's a criminal, uh, threaten even execution, jail time, etc. Now Joe's done the exact same thing. In fact, he had those documents for a whole lot longer, and now we implicate a university with ties to the communist Chinese party. Can we survive this, Brad? <laughs> well, yeah, I think we can survive it. But here, here's the deal. It, it just shows the the um, ironic double standard of the left. And it, it doesn't matter uh, what happens on the left. Uh, they excuse everything or ignore it, uh, where if it's on the right, um, they, they buck against it. So um, and, and I think that uh, the lesson to be learned here is that we on the right need to uh, do a better job of, of uh, standing up, and um, even if it's controversial, um, as uh, I think Mac and I have both uh, demonstrated and shown that um, we can take a stand for, for the, the right way, and uh, we be, are criticized for it, but in the end, we still stand. <laughs> Sheriff, well Mac. Yeah, uh, you know, Sheriff Rogers and I have discussed a lot of this before, um, maybe after the break, I want to ask him though his take on January sixth, so we can get into that for a little bit. But the yeah, double we'll that. I want to get to the border before we get to January sixth, though. We'll do that in seconds too, because okay. of Ron DeSantis. Uh, well, but January, what do you say? Can we survive this double standard? Yeah, and I, I, I think that we are, and I, I think that we have, and I think that we can. But I think right now, I would have to say, even with all the work that we have done at the CSPOA and a lot of other national groups have done, we're sliding the other way. I mean, the the left seems to be winning. And Washington, D.C., with the corruption of uh, spending money we do not have, uh, with uh, 20 to 30 Republicans siding with the, the, the illegal criminal spending of Washington, D.C., I don't think our economy can. I don't believe our economy can withstand this much longer when your when your uh, national debt, your literal national debt, not just the uh, the proposed uh, debt, which is about 150 trillion, but the actual debt being about 32 trillion now, uh, and the GDP being uh, 20 trillion, you can't have your your economy cannot survive where the debt is. Uh, a hundred percent more than your uh, gross national product, uh, and your economy—an economy cannot survive that. I believe our economy is on borrowed time, and I—I I am saying without question that the American economy cannot survive. Will our constitution survive that? I pray to God that it will. All right, there you have it. Now, there's an interesting headline I want to bounce off both of you gentlemen because we're being assaulted from all fronts. Biden just signed law 
putting kill switches in cars. So you think you're going to flee, Sheriff? Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I know, but Brad and I were both patrol officers. I actually beat him. I started as a parking cadet, a meter maid. So, so, but yeah, I, anything for public safety, you know, and, and I'm, I'm against that. Uh, I'm against stop and frisk with, with no probable cause. Uh, you know, law enforcement needs to clean up its own nose before they try to clean up the community's nose. Yeah, Brad Rogers, what do you think? Kill kill switches in cars just put into law. Yeah, the the kill switches. uh, I mean, uh, that that puts control into a government's hand that that uh, invades your privacy, and and I I'm against that. I call it out of control, not putting control. It's out of control. The Sheriff Mac show continues in seconds with Brad Rogers and Sheriff Mac, and yours truly on your TV and radio. Tired of being surveilled and tracked by the wireless phone companies and a rogue government? Get off the surveillance grid by turning to Volta Wireless. By plugging the Volta SIM card into your phone, you become hidden from the spy networks of AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, and other carriers while maintaining your full ability to place and receive phone calls and SMS texts. Go to VoltaWireless.com and use discount code BTV to save big on your first month. You get free VPN services included, plus a private messenger that's encrypted, as well as another Volta private phone number that can coexist with your current number. Learn more at VoltaWireless.com and use discount code BTV for major savings. It works with both iPhones and Android phones across 200-plus countries. Volta Wireless is the official wireless privacy sponsor of Brighteon.tv. At the Brighteon store, we offer a variety of colloidal silver solutions that we make in Texas using Texas rainwater and specialized circuitry that I've personally designed to produce silver ions in purified rainwater. We have a colloidal silver extra strength spray, a silver-based first aid gel, as well as a colloidal silver herbal mouthwash solution that people just rave about. Each one of these is subjected to our rigorous laboratory testing for metals, glyphosate, and microbiology in order to ensure product purity and safety for your health. We manufacture our own silver products right in the heart of Texas and deliver them to you using our own warehousing and fulfillment infrastructure that we built to serve real America. All of us here at Brighteon, thank you for your support. Shop our silver products at brighteonstore.com. I'm General Mike Flynn, and I just want to encourage everybody out, out there to go to Brighty on TV. Brighty on is, is awesome. It's unapologetic. It's all about the truth. They have a great... God wins in the end, and we need to align ourselves with him. The founding fathers did, and we must do the same. Governor Ron DeSantis ended up enacting the National Guard, folks. Why? Hannah? 
The ongoing humanitarian crisis at the southern border extends beyond just Texas and Arizona. Our Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, has activated the National Guard to help with what he calls an alarming surge of migrants landing in the Florida Keys, with most of them coming from Cuba or other Caribbean countries. Fox News correspondent Charles Watson has more tonight. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has signed a new executive order calling on the Florida National Guard, law enforcement, and other state agencies to assist with the stream of migrants who continue to show up along the Florida coast. The state says it will now use air assets, including planes and helicopters from the Florida National Guard, and increase marine patrols to try to help intercept and ensure the safety of migrants who are attempting to reach Florida. In his announcement, Governor DeSantis did didn't mince words as he blasted President Biden and his quote-unquote lawless immigration policies. The governor saying in part, quote, I am activating the National Guard and directing state resources to help alleviate the strain on local resources. When Biden continues to ignore his legal responsibilities, we will step in to support our communities. The current wave of illegal Cuban migration to the U.S. is the largest it's been in decades. Since August, the governor says state federal and local law enforcement have encountered more than 8,000 migrants off the coast of Florida. Most are fleeing from Caribbean nations like Haiti and Nicaragua, but it's the Cuban migrants in particular who are desperate, willing to risk their lives in the open ocean to escape their country's communist government and a terrible economy. Several days of desperation, thinking that something would happen. Thank God it turned out well. The attention was really good. Everything was really good. We have nothing to complain about. Over there, we did have plenty to complain about. Yeah, and since New Year's weekend, hundreds of Cubans have arrived in boats up and down the Florida Keys. The National Guard rescued more than 300 who were stranded in the dry tortagas of remote and uninhibited Florida Island, just west of the Keys. They were transported to a border station in Key West on Thursday. The influx is certainly overwhelming local communities who become responsible for taking these folks in and caring for them. And officials say the resources just aren't there. What officials are hoping for is the White House's new plan to restrict the number of migrants from Haiti and Nicaragua and Cuba who are allowed to come into the United States will help with their problem, but that, of course, is something we'll have to wait and see in Atlanta. All right, there you have it. Thank you, uh, Hannah. So let's go to Sheriff Mack first and then Sheriff Brad Rogers second. Sheriff? Well, you know, Sam, obviously uh, Governor DeSantis has the authority to do this. Uh, the states are sovereign. My case says they are. Um, it, it's an amazing principle of dual sovereignty. And again, Sam, as you alluded to earlier, the states form the federal government, not the other way around. They are not our boss. They are here to protect our borders. If they fail to do so, the states absolutely have the authority and the responsibility to take over. I applaud Governor DeSantis. Jeff Rogers? Uh, I concur. I, this, if I was governor, I'd be doing the same thing. This this is uh, something that the federal government should be uh stemming the tide of uh, part of the, the problems that we have with, with these poor people that are coming to our, and they're looking for a better place. I get that. But as they come to our, our nation, our open border policy has facilitated these dangerous treks across sea and land and, and using coyotes and others that are um, uh, 
trafficking uh, humans. And um, if we would uh, have a policy in place and and have border security, then we would have less of that. So I don't blame the governor and, and the governor of Texas to 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 do these kind of things. In fact, Mac and I personally uh, saw uh, border uh, counties in Texas when we were there to teach some CSPOA uh, courses to sheriffs down there. We saw the crisis firsthand and how um, these these counties are ha- are struggling. Uh, bec- uh, and many of them don't have a lot of many deputies or, sh- or, or a large uh, police force. And uh, there's uh, killings and uh, there's uh, the the mafia in Mexico or the cartel are, are coming over and and sometimes uh, threatening people. So it's it's a real crisis that that um, the president is is really ignoring. It's interesting to me. Not only do we need to shut the illegal door because these people are being overwhelmed, there's not the resources to handle this, there's not the vetting process to make sure that the right people are coming to America and criminals and and bad actors, the wrong people are not coming to America. So there's a lot of the checks and balances that are failing, and I hold the Biden administration uh, primarily responsible. Uh, Donald Trump did a way better job when it was his turn. But we need the nation to unite behind this. And I think one of the keys to the exercise is not to be 100% against immigration. As you mentioned, Brad Rogers, we get why people want to come here. If I had to swim the river to get here and have freedom, I'd do it too. What we need to do, though, is shut the illegal door big time and have serious, swift penalties for violation. But what we need to do, though, is open the legal door. You know what? I've driven from Montana to Texas before. And there's plenty of room in the greatest country on the face of the earth. What we need to do is make sure the right people are coming for the right reasons. We also need to make sure the right people come with sponsors or ways that they don't end up uh, on the dole as a burden to the system. We need ways to prevent bad actors from coming. Uh, We need ways to prevent people from bringing disease in. Uh, But then we need to reward those who are coming for the right reasons and can add productivity to America. What do you say to that, Sheriff Rogers? Well, I totally agree. I mean, uh, this, I mean, I have a daughter that works in an emergency room and, uh, emergency rooms, uh, are, are being utilized as doctors, uh, by, by those who can't afford it and for, and by illegals. And so it's, it's really, uh, um, uh, a crash on our system and, um, the resources, as you indicated, are, there's just not enough there. And, and I think the American people are very generous and we're very wanting to help people. And, but you know, you, you, if you have an invasion of, you know, millions, you just can't help all these people. And in fact, many of them are going to be suffering as a result of it. So we need a, a, a better structure in place. I liken it to my bank account. You know, if I stand on the street of LA and give a dollar to anybody that walks by, pretty soon my bank account's gone and I can't help anybody else. On the other hand, if I wisely help with the resources that I have and I measure them and I make sure that as I, you know, use them wisely, but I prosper them, then I can help a lot of people for a long time. And that's really what we're talking about, Sheriff Mack. Yeah, it is. And, uh, I don't know if, if both of you remember my degree in college is, was in Latin American studies. I have spent considerable time in Latin America and I lived near the border, uh, for most of my life. Uh, I love these people and I certainly understand why they want to come here. Uh, no problem with that. But the United States government has never really addressed the problem 
of why people want to come here in the first place and to help their countries uh, become, you know, Washington, D.C., helping other countries become less corrupt. That's a good one. Uh, because we have joined the banana <laughs> republic's corruption. But the, the thing of it is, if we would address opportunity and freedom and prosperity in these Latin American countries uh, that, w- that their people want to leave, that should be addressed first. And if there was any real diplomacy and leadership in Washington, D.C., that is what we would be doing. All right. Well, you know that Joe Biden just went down to the border, brethren. And when he went, as oh, far bro. as I understood, they cleaned up the streets. They hid everything from him. Uh, and he basically went there. It, it was a waste of time. There was no yeah. real discussion at all. Yeah. And he didn't at all uh, see what's really going on at the border. Why would the governors do that? He helped. He actually helped uh, open up more avenues for people to come in. That's all he did. Uh, and he tried to say, well, we need to make it orderly. Uh, w- what a farce. Uh, this man is a traitor. Mallorca is a traitor. What they've done to America with this open border policy is absolutely criminal uh, and treasonous. And it, it, this is, again, just the indication of the hypocrisy and corruption of Washington, D.C., the leftist media, uh, and the socialists in Washington, D.C. No. I really can't tap that. That's well said. Sam, are you frozen? Looks like Sam might be frozen. But anyway, Sheriff Rogers, uh, County Commissioner Rogers, I've always wanted to ask you, what is your take on January 6th? What do you think really happened? And and I don't know your, I don't know the answer to this. And, and they say you're not supposed to ask a question that, that you don't know the answer to. Sheriff Rogers, uh, County Commissioner Rogers, what is your take on January 6th? What happened and the response of the FBI? Give us your opinion and your view on all of that. Well, as, and you and I both know that neither one of us was there. So that's that was for starters. Well, that's what I wanted uh, you to make clear. But, now, wait a minute, though. You had to have been invited about 20 times like I was. But uh, you refused yeah, to I go. Yeah, I was, but... Yeah, I I thought that it would not be a good thing, and uh, I decided to stay home. So, um, but um, peacefully assembling is is in our constitution, and obviously some of those people um, entered the Capitol uh, improperly, and uh, you know, so and we've also seen that some may have been invited in, and. Um, uh, there was obviously some violence, and, and certainly people should be held accountable for for those um, incursions and, and uh, the violent uh, behaviors. Uh, but we also haven't seen the whole story. And, um, you know, these January 6th hearings by the Democrats have, have uh, shown what has not been displayed, and that is video, internal videos and things of that nature that I hope that that now that the Republicans have the House, that maybe we can see some of that stuff and and balance that out a little bit more of what actually happened and get a truer picture. That's, uh, again, you know, as uh, Mac, as you and I both know, we, as sheriffs, we dealt with evidence. Let's look at the evidence. And uh, unfortunately, um, the January 6th hearings were more of theatrics. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's amazing to me that they could ever have a hearing, which was even borderline trial, and they picked the people to be in charge of it, all the enemies, the staunch enemies of President Trump. I mean, I thought we got rid of that. I thought we got rid of trials that were uh, completely done with juries that were prejudiced against the accused. This is the this takes it to the tenth power. We want all the enemies of the president to be at this hearing to present their evidence, and the the president is allowed to present nothing. And yeah. and so, well, the problem uh, is what a sheriff. What a complete the problem is the lies about the January sixth, and they continue. It's the deep state. Uh, the question becomes: Will the Republicans really turn this around and make a difference? For example, Ray Epps. Okay, Ray Epps is a suspected federal agent. He exhorted crowds on January 5th and 6th to literally storm the Capitol. He's on video doing so. Uh, Mm -hmm. He is uh, caught whispering in people's ears on video. And right when he whispers in their ears, they go and literally start removing barricades and breaching um, the perimeter, etc. But he's never even been charged with a crime. When... um, when congressmen and senators ask about this, literally uh, on the congressional floor where they're having hearings, all the government says is, hey, we can't talk about that, Ted Cruz. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to answer any questions at all. So I don't see how we even get to the bottom of it when we can't get to the truth. How do you arrest these people, let them all rot in prison for a couple of years, claim they're guilty of some insurrection, but yet let Ray Epps continue to run around? It is so blatant and documented on video, gentlemen. Sheriff Mack. Well, I wanted to ask one other thing uh, to, to Sheriff Rogers. Now, Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed by a Capitol Police officer. What is your take on that? Well, again, I don't know that we have all the facts, but it, it appears that there, there was, she was, it appears that she was unarmed, at least that's what we, what we know. And then, um, there was a shooting that occurred. Well, uh, in any law enforcement type shooting, there's an investigation, there should be some transparency and, uh, revealing of the facts. And those have just, uh, it appears to me that they've been, uh, by and large covered up. And, uh, so, um, I'm not suggesting that Ashley did everything right or that maybe she did some things wrong i don't know but uh we don't know all the facts and uh the same way with the officer the officer works for the people and uh, there should be um, a a clear accounting of of that officer's uh, conduct and my guess is there may even be some video of it so those are things that uh just kind of concerns me that, that we haven't gotten to the truth on that well, and the and government wants this to other question. fix all the information for the next 50 years plus, Sheriff. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, one other question uh, about uh, all of that. When the FBI started arresting people nationwide, in fact, some in California, they actually handcuffed children when they went in to do search warrants in people's homes. But But did the FBI violate constitutional laws protecting of people's rights for extradition. No extradition was allowed. No talk of extradition was allowed to any of the arrestees. Did the FBI violate the law when they ignored or disallowed extradition processes for people arrested for January 6th? What's your take? 
Well, I, I think yes. I mean, the extraditions are, again, we're talking state sovereignty. Individuals in states uh, are in a sovereign state. Those governors uh, work with extraditions, and there's yeah. processes in place in all, all 50 states. And uh, so all they have to do is, is go through that process. And typically, it, uh, so someone is easily extradited, but in, their, in that process, there's due process, and rights are protected in, in that. And uh, we didn't see any of that. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, thank you for that, Brad. And, and now you've, you've brought up the word governor about three or four times during the past 35, 40 minutes. And I have asked you this before and you've been a little bit evasive in your response. First of all, you win everything you run for and you uh, actually win quite handily in landslides. I believe that you would be a very viable uh, candidate for governor of Indiana. Are you considering such? And how much do we we have to push you to do that? <laughs> well, thank you for that honor. I I, uh, I think my my wife would, would probably not be real happy if I ran for governor. But I think that um, you know I think the Lord has me where I'm at right now as county commissioner, and I and that's where He wants me to be. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I'd rule it out, but. Um, I always try to keep my uh, opponents guessing, and uh, we'll see. I, I think uh, uh, time will tell. I mean, the next governor's uh, race is in two years, and uh, we've already got people that are jockeying in position for that, uh, Senator Braun, and and then the uh, the lieutenant governor is is running, and they've already declared that. Uh, obviously, they yeah, the have millions of dollars. Good old boys network is in and, line. Yeah, pretty much, and um, – <laughs> I don't have millions and millions of dollars in, in my coffers. So we'll, we'll see how uh, the Lord leads in the future. But uh, for now, I'm going to continue as county commissioner. And people have even asked me if I'm going to run for sheriff again. And uh, I, I, we'll, we'll see about that. But I, I doubt it. But we'll, I, I really have enjoyed county commissioner and the role that, that commissioners can support sheriffs. And, and, and still, I think, as Mac, as you have demonstrated, uh, being a past sheriff, um, you're always a little bit of, uh, you know, you know, people might look at you, well, you might be a has-been, but there's a lot of experience there that we can bring to the table and share with, with others. And um, so we'll just continue to try to be a constitutional servant. How's that? All right. I got two questions left before the end of the hour. What do we do with the Ray Epps when we don't know if he's a government asset? He's a suspected federal agent. He's literally on video as one of the provocateurs, to say the least. Evidence everywhere. The government has mums the word, won't talk. But yet, at the same time, we have him on video committing criminal activities. Um, what do we do with that, Sheriff? Do we just sit by and let it go? Or what can the people do to to create a an accountability here? Sheriff Rogers. Well, I... That's a good question. I, I, you know, when you have Department of Justice or FBI that that seems to want to ignore facts, and um, you know they've been involved in uh, everything from violating people's First Amendment rights to uh, you know coordinating with 
you know, uh, organizations like Twitter and others. I don't know. It's just, um, I don't know if we have a, a, a if this if there's a state law that, that EPS is violated that we could have a sheriff uh, investigate. But I'm telling you, um, those are things we need to continue to put pressure on our Congress uh, to make sure that they're overseen and hopefully uh, someday uh, people are brought to justice. Because Sheriff Mack, if we don't get a handle on this, you literally have people breaking the law in the video. The government turns a blind eye while they prosecute people that weren't even accountable or responsible at all, that were peaceful. This is absolutely shameful. And if we don't get a handle on this, I I predict things don't go well in the future if we want peace. No, and we need to remember that peace and prosperity are results uh, of freedom, liberty. And that's why America is struggling so much now is because we are destroying the principles that America was founded upon. And if we really want peace and prosperity, we've got to get back to the Constitution. Amen. And we got to get back to the Ten Commandments, believe it or not. The Sixth Commandment, thou shalt not kill. Believe it or not, thou shalt not kill posters being created in Washington, D.C. Can they help curb gun violence? Ten seconds. Yes. Sheriff Rogers. Well, I, I doubt that's going to help curb it, but I think it's kind of uh, comical that the left uh, has tried to force Ten Commandment monuments away from places, and now they want to put it up uh, to, to reduce violence. That's precious. CSPOA.org. Thank you, gentlemen. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. This is a battle a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Wow, ladies and gentlemen, we have so many things going on. It's not even funny at the CSPOA, at the Sheriff Mack Show, 
at Liberty Roundtable Live, our nationally syndicated radio show. Man, oh man. So we just took the stream from Brighty on TV and we restreamed that baby onto the Liberty Roundtable Live Facebook page. So now you're getting more TV, more radio, more video. I'm also doing videos. Uh, not enough of them. I need more time. But I'm starting to do videos for a shortened Liberty Roundtable video channel. That's up on YouTube and, and on um, Rumble and several places. Uh, the radio show is doing phenomenal. The TV shows doing phenomenal. This coming Friday, we're supposed to add a radio station, and on Fridays, we'll be adding a third hour to the broadcast as well. I haven't even had time to tell my producers about this. So they're probably going, what? Yeah, man, things are going so fast and furious, we can't even keep up on it. It's incredible. But yesterday, we talked to Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, and Dr. Scott Bradley for two hours. We talked about concessions made in the battle for the Speaker of the House they never even intended to get a different speaker, folks. They just wanted to garner concessions. And is that enough from the corrupt deep state? See, I don't think so. If America's to survive, we've got to get good, honest, constitutional patriots that believe in their oath of office in place, not just folks that make concessions behind the scenes. We also attended the Eagle Forum annual conference, and, man, that was wonderful. We talked about Tim Ballard of Operation Underground Railroad. He warned us that age fluidity is the next thing. So just so you guys know, man, I just turned 25. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> yeah, the reason they want age fluidity along with gender identity mix-up is because then they can be involved sexually with underage children. But, of course, see if they identify as old enough, then you're okay, right? Yeah, many laws against sex with minors will be jettisoned. If teenagers can identify as a, say, 25-year-old or something like that, then the predator who abuses her cannot be prosecuted for having sex with a, quote, minor, right? Sounds outlandish, but it's coming to a theater. I'm sorry, to a perverted place near you. We also talked about he ended his presentation with a warn against pedophilia. Pedophilia, believe it or not, um, is the kind of an end for a society. When they start to embrace pedophilia, the society simply goes south and self-destructs. We also heard from David Barton, who reminded us that the founders read the Bible a lot. Not only did they read the Bible, but they memorized Bible verses as well. So he challenged all of us to read the Bible and to memorize Bible verses. There is power, ladies and gentlemen. And he continued saying, schools in the early days of our republic tested students annually on four main documents. Are you ready? The Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution, the State Constitution, and George Washington's Farewell Address. He challenged us each to read scriptures every single day and to memorize verses and to familiarize yourself with those core documents. We also talked about Marlowe Oaks highlighted ESG, that's environmental social governance, and he quoted James Madison, who said, crisis is the rallying cry of the tyrant. You heard me. Crisis is the rallying cry of the tyrant. Boy, how did we have a lot of tyrants today, huh? So we need to re think about COVID lockdowns and vaccine mandates, etc. They're certainly calling for the crisis. They can manipulate us into believing that there exists a crisis. And then they can impose nearly any tyrannical measure 
on us without enough of us even fighting back to stop them. Jenny Strack recommended that we visit heritageaction.com. There you will find a seven-point agenda to save America. Bobby Clayson talked about the coming food crisis. Yeah, for a lot of reasons, economic and otherwise. The destruction of, of uh, food plants, etc. Marilee Boyack of Pro-Life Utah described our future post Roe versus Wade. Yeah, with the decision, they stopped the killing of babies for two days, and then with the judge, they just continued murdering babies wholesale. And now when we talk about chemical abortions, pills, death pills, murder pills, being sent across state lines by your federal government in bed with the post office to mail those drugs in states that have outlawed them. The federal government says it's not against the law for us, and we don't care about your state laws. Folks, this is dangerous, to say the least. Delane England then gave us an excellent preview of what they call HB 101 in Utah. It's a vaccine passport prohibition uh, law, which we desperately need in uh, Utah and in the Republic. We have got to stop the mandate of vaccinations that are harmful to your health, proven so nowadays, and also then the passports, which basically says, hey, if you can't document that you've had a vaccine, and you can't prove that on demand, then, hey, you can't travel or you can't whatever the heck the future holds for you cannot do. Uh, and that is the big concern. So a great two-hour show yesterday. An incredible first hour with the Sheriff Mack show today with Sheriff Mack and Brad Rogers and others. And now we move forward with a second hour. And if I got a bunch of interesting stuff just for you coming up for that second hour. But, man, we had Brad Rogers doing a great job. Brad Rogers is one of our new CSPOA board members. I don't know if you know who's on the CSPOA board, but if you become a member of the CSPOA, cspoa.org today, then you can join us on the posse coming up in a couple of hours here, and we can talk about that board membership and what it's all going to mean and what we're going to do and a whole lot more. America, can she survive the corruption? Of Washington, D.C. was the question for the first hour. I say it's a resounding yes if we turn to God Almighty. You want to get the CSPOA SMS updates? Simply text the letters CSPOA to 3, or I'm sorry, to 53445. That's 53445. I'm Sam Bushman for Sheriff Mack, for Brad Rogers, and for Sam Bushman. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Thanks for listening to the Loving Liberty Radio Network, lovingliberty.net.